Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. Good morning, church. Man, what a good morning it's been so far. You guys doing good? All right. Ben's, ben is happy. Doesn't he have like a, just a grace of happy on him? He just came up and made me smile. Thanks, man. Thankful for you. All right. Well, it's going to be a great morning today. Uh, my name, as Ben said, my name is James Albright. I'm the Life Group Pastor and the Director of Antioch Ministries International Fort Worth, which is AMI Fort Worth for short, which is our mission sending arm of the church. And so our, our desire is to train, send, and support church planners around the world and right here in our own nation as well. And so that's, that's what we're all about. And today is what we call Nations Sunday. So this is a day we wanna take every, every year and to be able to just highlight God's heart for the nations. It's such good news that he loves all people. It's such incredible news. We're all included in that, and then so many more. It's such good news, and so we highlight that, and then we wanna talk about how we, as a church family, get to jump in with what he's doing around the world. So it's a, it is so much fun, and, uh, and I'm gonna, we're gonna tell stories today. We're gonna have a good time, and my heart and my prayer is that your hearts will be captured and set on fire either in a fresh way, maybe, or maybe for the first time, and for what God's doing right here in us and around the world, all right? So, but just a couple of quick practical things before we uh, dive in. I want to uh, point your attention to, uh, or I wanna invite you guys to attend our nation's lunch immediately following the service. Um, We've got an opportunity there. Today, Today, we're gonna be sharing a bunch of stories about what God's doing right now and where we're going. And so if you wanna find out more about what God's doing through AMI Fort Worth, through this local church, then come to that lunch afterwards. There were, (coughs) excuse me, there were reservations ahead of time. However, we bought extra meals. So don't worry, just come on and we'll be there for about an hour. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, In addition to that, uh, my next thing here is I want you to, I didn't bring my phone up, but go ahead and imagine my phone. Take, I want you to take out your phones. I know, it's church, it's okay. Take out your phones. You don't have to actually hide it. I know what you're doing, you know. You can actually pull out your phone and I want you to open up to a web browser and type in this URL. It's up here on the screen, missions.antiochfortworth.com. And go ahead and fill out that simple little form. It's just a little interest form. It's a way for us to know how you might want to take your next step in walking out and being a part of what God's doing in and through the missions, uh, international work that we're doing here at the church. So go ahead and fill that out, whether you wanna find out how we can pray together more, whether you wanna know what does it look like to give, what do those funds go towards, or you wanna know maybe there's something in your heart and you're going, I wanna know what it would look like for me to be a part of long-term work that we're doing, that Antioch is doing around the world. Then that's your place. Go ahead and fill that out and we're gonna respond to you guys, help you guys get connected with those next practical steps. All right, that sound good? And if you need to check, there's no scores today. There's no, I was gonna say, if you need to check any scores, there's no scores today. Pro Bowl, who cares? Very boring. It's actually a sad Sunday for a football fan, really. 
I woke up this morning going, hmm, I got other things to be happy about other than football. All right. Okay, there are other things. That's right. Okay, so moving on. You guys ready to dive in? Okay, all right. So when I was 22 years old, I heard some stories that changed my life. And these stories were told by a man named George Otis Jr. Uh, They were told in the form of what was called the Transformations videos. And who here is old enough to remember or remembers the Transformation videos? If I put them up on the screen, you can look them up on YouTube. If I put them up on the screen, you would be uh, underwhelmed by their technological advancement. (laughs) However, God used that and moved through that in such a powerful way. So George Otis Jr. would go around uh, the world when there was rumor of God moving and revival breaking out in that nation or that city or whatever it might have been, that region. And he would, almost like a reporter, documentary style, would tell the story of God in those places. And he would tell a story of pastors coming together and praying and going, God, you have to move. Something has to change in our city and then, and then salvation would start to break out. Repentance, salvation, healing, all kinds of, just getting rid of idols, all kinds of things, powerful moves of God. And what made these stories even more powerful for me is that I was sitting on my very first uh, missions trip, my very first time overseas in a YWAM base in Malaga, Spain, on the south of Spain, and I was about to go across the very next day into North Africa. I'd never been to a Muslim nation before. I'd never been to Africa before. I'd never been to Europe before. So I was in, it was all new. And I was watching these videos and hearing these stories of the way that God moves in people and pursues them like a father. And I was captured, and I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of that. And I, didn't, I remember thinking in that moment, I don't know what this is gonna look like, but I wanna be a part of it for the rest of my life. And that was, a, that was a catalytic moment for me. And when I came back from that trip, I, just a few months later, I, um, I went to my very first world mandate. And uh, that was a uh, world mandate, for those of you who don't know, is our movement's missions conference that we put on every year. And it's now multiplied. It's actually all over the world. Thousands of people go to it all around the world. And at the time, there was probably, I don't know, 400 of us or something in Latham Springs Baptist Camp in just north of Waco. So youth love and the kids love and know Latham Springs. Well, we, we got it started. Sorry. We got the Holy Spirit moving there. All right. So so, uh, no, it's awesome. So, and in that, in that time, uh, uh, Jackie Pullinger uh, spoke. So who was at that, that, yeah. So you got your life rocked. If you were at that conference, Jackie Pullinger was a, is a missionary in Hong Kong. She, in 1966, uh, nobody would send her. She was a British woman, single woman, and none of the missions org would send her because she was single. And so, you know, different time. Thank you, Lord. And so, uh, so she knew that she was called. And so she got on a boat and said, I'll get off, Lord, when you tell me to get off. And she got off in Hong Kong. That is not our recommended mission sending, <laughs> just for the record. However, 
the Lord moved powerfully through that woman, is moving currently. And man, the, and uh, so she told stories. She went in and into Hong Kong, into the worst part of Hong Kong, and where there were drug addicts and gang lords and all this going on. And she, uh, and she told stories of these addicts getting set free just through a night of prayer. People getting set free, people repenting, saying, I've killed people, and just with tears repenting before the Lord, these gang lords and such. And, and man, we heard these stories and our hearts were riveted. Our hearts were captured for what God was going to do, what God was doing and how he wanted us to partner with him. It's incredible news. There were a bunch of people. That, that, that conference changed this church's landscape, actually. We were, Laura and I were talking through that, all the different people with powerful words from God that absolutely changed the way that we look right now. We're different because of that weekend. Pretty crazy. So, you know, these are, that's a catalytic weekend. And I'm telling you, why am I telling you these stories? I'm telling you these stories because, because stories are very important for us. They help to inform who we are and why we do what we do. They help to reinforce our vision, our values. They, they, they inform our identity. We know better now who we are because of those stories. Even just telling those stories now, you're like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know all of that, the way that God moved in my life or the way that God moved through that conference. And stories reinforce. So think about, you know, what are the stories that you retell your kids? Sometimes you retell them the, the goofy stories. I do. I'm, I'm like the funny dad guy. You know, I tell the goofy stories. It usually starts with the goofy stories are usually like, yeah, so me and my friend Greg in high school, we... And then at that point, they're like, oh, yeah, this is about to be something dumb that dad did, and, and we should not do. That's the moral of the story. So, but no, we t the stories that we retell them are stories that we want, that reinforce vision, values, identity, who we are, right? Those are the stories we retell. For our kids, we have a tradition that every birthday, we sit around the dinner table for their meal, and we'll retell their birth story. And so the, the point is not like you were born at 8.43 p.m. by the doctor. No, that's not, it's not about the facts. It's about we prayed and we got your name from the Lord and your name means this, consecrated gift from God. And we speak that life and identity over them, remind them who they are, where they came from, what our life was like before they came and then once they did come, how they changed our life in every single way. All for the good. But that's, those are the types of story. You know, stories are powerful. And when we talked, about, when we prayed through this morning and what is, what is it, Lord, that you wanna do in this time, we felt like the Lord said, get the family in the living room and tell the stories. Tell the stories of how he captured our heart for the nations. And so that's what we're gonna do. We're going to remember that because this is who we've been from the very beginning a church planting church. We were birthed out of that vision. We were birthed out of that place of looking in the book of Acts and seeing the way that the church was a reproducing church. The movements were being launched and birthed out of that. And that's our destiny. That's who we are. That's who we've been. And that's who we will continue to grow into and become even more of. All right, so you guys ready for some story time? 
Okay, story time, let's go. So who better to get us started with telling stories from our past than our lead pastor, Jamie and Kim Miller. Let's go, you guys give it up. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, so Jamie and Kim, it's been rumored that you guys did in fact start this church. Is that true? That's true. That's true, okay, great, all right. Great, so you know, bring us in here to the story as you guys were planting the church and, and bring us into, was there some times or moments where you realized just God's heart for the nations and what that might look like if a church was connected in with his heart for the nations? Yeah, so uh, you know, one of the, there, there's some DNA stuff that goes into how we got to where we're at, you know, at this point in the journey, it's part of the story. and. So, you know, when we first began, one of the things that we thought from the beginning was just Acts 1-8. We wanted to be the church like we read about in the Bible, and we wanted to be witnesses to Jesus. We wanted to bear witness to him and make disciples and, and all of that. And so starting right where we were at and that spreading out. And so the, the missionary idea was right there at the beginning. In fact, it was one of the breakthroughs that you know, what would we do if we were missionaries? That, that was a key part of how we started because we were in a certain kind of uh, you know, way of doing things. This is the way you do it. And we were trying to say, what would we do to reach this culture? What would mm-hmm. we do to reach America as it is right now in 1993? And it's amazing thinking back about that. You know, definitely you'd have bigger pants. Um, <laughs> Longer hair in the back, you know, curls and stuff. I'm just, you know, that's for the older people. Um, but yeah, so a mission's heart right from the beginning. What would we do to reach people? And so we wanted to make disciples. And it was, we even from the beginning thought, man, this needs to multiply. Life begets life. It needs to multiply at, yeah. the, at the disciple level, at the house level, and at the congregation level. And the thing was, back then, wasn't really anybody doing that. Like just, there, there weren't church planting churches like that. There were some that planted churches, but it was very much not the norm. And so uh, that's, a key, that's a key part of our, our start. You wanna jump in there? Yeah, so we read tons of missionary biographies mm. and just really digested that, brought that in. We're like, we wanna be like them. Mm. And America at this particular point in time is our nation. Like, that's what we see. We see American really, really needing the Lord. And so, man, we just, we started, you know, finding ways to find people, meet people on our own streets, introducing ourselves, knocking on doors with our children, um, making friendships, having outreaches, having Bible studies. I had a lot of favor with the women on my street, we were disi- had discipleship groups going, and and that was just happening, every, you know, with all of the, our little team. Yeah. And uh, we baptized households. Um, and it just brought so much joy, and um, God was just so gracious. Yeah. He was just so gracious, and we were like being the church. We, as much as we could, as much as we understood, we were being the church, and that was yeah. the goal. Yeah. And during that time, uh, we met Jimmy and Laura Seibert, and they were actually heading up a college ministry in Waco, and their heart was really, they, it was like, all kinds of exciting things, and they were trying to go to all these places really far away. We were doing exciting things. We were planting churches in America, and so we got together, and it was just, our children were the same age, and it was just a really great relationship. Do you want to add? 
Yeah, so um, just on, the, on that piece is it really was a sharpening relationship. At this point in time, you know, we had done maybe seven church plants in the U.S. and Antioch out of Highland Baptist was planting churches in the nations. And so they hadn't planted Antioch Waco just yet. And so once they planted Waco, then Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria had to be more part of their world. But we were very much sharpening each other at the time. It's a big right. part of our story is right. how that all fit together. And, you know, when you start getting out of, you know, uh, when you start getting out of your, your world and you realize there's a lot of different kinds of people yeah. out there, not just people from Fort Worth. And you could find the nations are actually right here. Yeah. But I remember we were just in the prayer room back there. It was talking about Eridard had a word for us. This guy comes from Africa. He's pr he would pray five hours in the morning till noon. You can hear him in there praying. He's praying. And he comes out, and he's still kind of praying, praying softly under his breath while you're talking to him. He feels a little bit distracted, like because he's praying to God while he's talking to you. And But he said, I got a word for you this morning, and it's exposure. And he said, and I want to invite you to, to come to Uganda. And uh, in that that was probably my first, like, real, like, wow. Other parts of the world have stuff that we really need. I, being in prayer meetings with Ugandans was, like, next level. They prayed every Friday night from 10 to 6 at this church that I went to. And I'm just, that's, that's a piece. Starting to travel around the world with different, yeah. to help plant churches with, with Jimmy and yeah. Siberia and, you know, just being in different places. Iraq. I remember standing in 04 on a mountaintop in Iraq and seeing four towns that had not been touched with the gospel yeah. at all. And this guy that was an apostolic guy there was just letting me know like, hey, th nobody's ever reached the gospel in these, uh, th these, these towns haven't been reached. Yeah. And so what happened then, jump in if you got something. I just wanted, I know we have time. Good. Um, what happened was we had this church life that was happening, and it actually attracted a group of college friends um, led by Brent and Julie Pennington, and they came and they wanted to be with us and to be sent out from us. And so that was kind of our first, like, really going out to the nations. And so we created um, the training school. Yeah. At that time, it was a church planning training school discipleship and training all in two years, you know, and then they all, different ones went to different places, and that's where we really began to get outside of, you know, our, our country. Uh, and the last thing I'll, I'll add on this, just in telling our story, so you guys, um, the reality has to be here for us to be sending people over there, and so, like, America needs Jesus, and our neighbors need Jesus. And it's becoming increasingly clear. You walk, look at the statistics and all that kind of stuff. So we want to make disciples that reproduce. We want to have life groups that reproduce. We want to have a church life in, in its entirety that is a reproducing church life. And so we went to Grapevine originally as missionaries. Then we moved to Fort Worth as missionaries. And we had a couple hundred people sell their homes with us. And the challenge was, hey, you may never move to Thailand as a missionary, but will you sell your home and move with us as missionaries to Fort Worth? Now, the reason I'm telling that story is that's the context for who we are as a multi-ethnic, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love-receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church. We're, we're, we're in that story 
and God wants us moving forward in that story together. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So good. Isn't that good to hear? All right. So next we're going to have, so those were stories from our past and, and so helpful to hear just those foundations of where we came from. And now as we're here in the present, I wanted to bring up Chris and Bailey Henze. You guys give it up for them. So Chris and Bailey really represent a lot of what God's doing right now in us in the present. And, and we'll talk more, just here, another shameless plug for the Nation's Lunch. That's gonna be talking about stories into the future, really. It's what we're gonna be talking about there. So, but Chris and Bailey led our, uh, our ETN, Engage the Nations base last summer in the, Middle East, in the Middle East, which is a summer internship base. And that's a movement-wide effort that our movement has where we have bases all over the world every summer and people can jump in on helping a long-term team push forward in what they're doing and while at the same time giving people an opportunity to see what might this be like if I lived overseas? What would this look like for me? And so uh, Chris and Bailey started, they're entrepreneurs, started a real estate brokerage that, and other businesses that are in line with that. And so there's, that's kind of who they're, they're, they're working it out in, in their vocation, but there's, they found ways to be able to do that as a part of what God's doing in the world as well. So uh, Bailey, you're gonna start us yes. um, and tell us stories just kind of about what did God do? How did you see God move through the Engage the Nations base last summer? And how could a simple seven-week base like that actually really move to, to move the kingdom of God forward in the Middle East? Yeah. So last year, we had the opportunity to go to the Middle East for seven weeks for Engage the Nations, and we did what's called DMM, or Disciple Making Movement, um, and our team's role was basically to just drip Jesus everywhere we went. So we would just encounter as many people as we possibly could and get into conversations about Jesus as absolutely fast as we could. And then we would just say, do you want to read the Bible with me? And we would invite people to read the Bible with us because that's where they're going to get a re revelation directly from the Father. Yeah. That's where they're going to meet God. That's, that's where he's going to reveal himself to them, his nature, his character, his goodness. Yeah. And they're going to discover it for themselves, not from our mouths. And so that's why we invite them to read the Bible with us. And so a lot of our interns actually got invited into people's homes and they would spend all afternoon and like late into the evening, like midnight, one o'clock at these people's houses. Um, and they would just play with their kids. They would talk, they would share a meal together. They would teach them how to make a traditional meal. And then ultimately they would open the Bible and they would read the word of God with the people. And a lot of times this was the very first time that people had ever opened the word of God, that they had ever had the Bible open in their home in their native language. This was the first time that they heard about God and who God is, and they were reading and discovering for themselves who God is. And so before we left for the summer, um, we like got together as a team and did like a processing night, and we asked the Lord for a picture. And so um, my picture, you know, when things get really hard, you need like something to stand on overseas. And so my picture that I got was of a wall that had like testimonies and scriptures of what God had done that summer. Mm. And then our family was standing in front of the wall and our son, who was three at the time, looked up at me and said, mommy, daddy, look what God did this summer. And so when things got really hard, that was my anchor. That was like, okay, God, you're sowing seeds into our kids. You are moving in this nation. You are working. I trust you, God. And so 
at the end of the summer, I was like, I know what our last team meeting's gonna be. It's gonna be this picture. And then um, COVID hit um, our team. And so we, it was looking like we weren't going to be able to do this meeting. And I was crying out to God. And I was like, God, like this was my anchor. This is what I stood on all summer long. And it's just gone. It's not going to happen. And I just felt God say, like, don't you believe I already did it? And I was like, oh, okay. And so I just like started writing down all the things God did that summer. And then, praise God, we actually got to have the meeting because um, everyone tested negative. And so <laughs> we were able to have the meeting. And so I actually have a picture of that wall. And so this was our wall. And all of our interns did one, and we did one. Um, and there's scriptures that became written on our interns' hearts because they shared with other people. There's prophecies that they gave other people. There's words that they received. Um, there's people's names that they encountered that they got to read the Bible with. There's scriptures. Um, just testimony of what God did in the summer. And so God is moving among the unreached people group in these nations. Like, people are hungry and thirsty. I can't even tell you how many times our interns came back, and they were like, they're already reading the Bible. Like, they told me they're reading the Bible already. What? Like, they want to know Jesus. And so people are seeking. They're knocking, and God is revealing himself. Like, he is coming to the nations, and he's revealing his truth of yeah. who he is in his kingdom, and people's lives are being changed. And so us saying yes and our interns saying yes, it made space for people to say yes to reading the Bible for the first time. It made space for people to say yes to receiving prayer in the name of Jesus for the first time, yeah. and yes to the kingdom of God. And his kingdom is falling in the unreached people groups. Yeah. Come on, it's good. I think we're done after that one. <laughs> Chris, I, I, uh, I'm sorry, first of all, for making you walk up the stairs. It's all good. I pre it's good, appreciate it's good, your efforts. Good therapy. Uh, so bring us in here to what you guys are, you guys and the Ramirez's are leading out. Jordan and Danny are leading out this summer, our Engage the Nations base. So just kind of bring us in on that, what God's doing and how you guys are getting prepped and how we as a church can jump in with you. Yeah, um, after listening to that, how could we not want to do it again? Yeah, so that's right. we said yes to going again this summer. And so, um, but this time, Jordan and Danny Ramirez and Abby Zuckerman is actually on our leadership team as our admin. And so, um, but this time we're going to London. Um, those of you who prayed over Matt and Victoria Yarnell, who are now there, there's actually a new team in London that um, we're literally doing the grassroots. We are going to pioneer what it looks like to actually start an epicenter church in a nation. Um, and so just like, guys, Jamie and Kim and Todd, like they started, everything you see here started out of a house, out of a, just a prayer group, out of a meeting. That's what we get to do in London. That's all we're going to do. We're going to go start life groups. Everything we do here, every Sunday, every night of the week that happens here that they've trained us to do, they may not even know they're training us to do it. We get to go do that this summer. And, um, and so we want you guys to come with us and, um, uh, one scripture that came to mind as you guys were speaking was Psalm 2 and it says, ask of me and I will surely give you the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. But like, it's not for like conquering sake, it's for Jesus sake. We literally get to just do it to love people and get yeah. them to Jesus. Um, and it's just super exciting that we get to do this. Again, brand new team in London that just got there about 18 months ago and then COVID hit and, uh, Lights went out pretty much, so nothing's been done there, and we get to go literally pioneer an entire country. Like, as a church, this right here, because of the foundation that these people have laid for us, our leaders have laid for us, like you just said, like, the foundation is here. Now we get to go do it in the nations because of what they've done. So it's going to be 
flipping awesome, guys. So we want you to come with us. Um, come, come talk to us or the Ramirez's if you want to know more information. We are going to have an informational this Thursday, this coming Thursday, the 10th at 7 p.m. in the prayer room if you want to know more. Um, so please come to that. I'll be at the luncheon right after this if you have more questions. But we want you to come with us. If you want to apply, just come ask how. And we'd love to have you guys. Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Details, it's approximately May 27th through July 1st. We're nailing down those dates right now. It'll be in London. Um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. After you guys just set that right down there. Awesome. You guys give it up. Let's give them a good. So thankful. Thankful, thankful, thankful. It's so helpful to hear those stories, isn't it? Where we came from, where we're at, and really we could share so many more stories. We, you know, there's stories of what God's doing right now. We've got seven locations around the world right now, and there's, different, there's just so many different ways that we could talk about the way God's moving, but I just thought these are going to be helpful for us to hear right now, and uh, I pray that it was. I hope that it stirred in your hearts for what God is doing right now. And uh, so um, a couple of things here as we're diving in, you know, we tell these stories because we want to come into alignment with God's heart. So that's, that's part of, that's why we read the word of God. That's why we then retell the stories of how the word of God impacted our lives is because it, it, it is another call for us to align ourselves with his word, with, who, with his heart for the nations in this case. And so we're gonna here just to summarize all of this and kind of wrap it up, and then I'll call us to response. Let's open up the word of God. Look at Luke chapter five. So open up your Bibles. Luke chapter five, verses one through 11. And I really believe the Lord has a word for us here as we summarize this uh, time that we've had here this morning. So Luke five, verses one through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and one belonging, the one belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, We've worked hard all night long and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't you love it when Jesus says that? From now on, you'll fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. So this story could be new to you, it might be, uh, or you, maybe it's a familiar story, but it is a powerful story. It is one that, that captures my heart every time I read it. 
And in this story, I see three ways that Jesus is calling us to respond to him and his heart for people. So we're gonna just run through those three ways and then we're gonna respond to the Lord as well. So first, the first way that Jesus is calling us to respond to him is to allow Jesus to get into our boats. Allow Jesus to get into our boats. In this story, we see that Jesus was wanting to teach the crowds and so he needed, he just needed some logistics here. They were crowding around him and he's like, I just need a place where I can, I can be and sit so I can teach him. And so he just got into Peter's boat. Now, and Peter didn't protest. He had respect for the man. He knew who he was and said, I'm gonna, you know, just didn't protest that. But I can imagine there being a little bit of, maybe a little bit of embarrassment. I'm, I'm guessing that after a long night of fishing, his boat was pretty messy. I'm guessing his boat generally stunk like fish. I don't imagine Peter being the most tidy of guys. And, and he, but Jesus got into his boat, unaffected by his mess, and sat down and began to bring the kingdom of God through that simple act of, okay, yes, you can get in my boat. And he wants to, I love this about Jesus, because he loves to get up and close with us. He likes to get up close and personal. He likes to get right up into our business, and he's unaffected by our mess. He is not the type of God that is far off and distant and will not get close to us until we tidy things up a bit. But instead, he jumps right into our messy boats. And I think that's a word for us again today. I think that's a word that he is, somebody needs to hear that, that he is not afraid of your mess. He, in fact, he wants to come right in to the middle of your lives. He wants to come right in, get up close and personal. And in fact, he's going to use that spot to bring the kingdom because he began to teach out of that place. So that whole thing, that set up, when Peter allowed him into his boat, it set the stage for what was to come, this incredible encounter with Jesus. So that leads us to our second way that Jesus is calling us to respond. And that second way is let him take you out into deeper places of trust. Let him take you out into deeper places of trust. So in that moment, you know, they, Pete, Jesus finished up teaching and he turned to Peter and he said, let's go out into the deeper waters and, and let down your nets. And Peter, I'm sure, must have been thinking to himself, you've got to be kidding me. I've been fishing all night. I'm tired I'm, uh, I, I am hungry, and now that I don't have any fish all night, I'm broke. Like he's, you know, that's money. Fish is money for him, right? I am, I just want to go home, and I want to see my family, and I want to sleep. But, and, and, and in fact, Jesus, you're a carpenter by trade, and I'm the fisherman. I've been doing this my whole life. I was trained in this profession from, from a little boy. But because you say so, I'll go out. It didn't make sense. It did not make sense. His background, his education, his understanding, none of it made sense to him. But he knew who Jesus was. He at least knew at that point that Jesus was a teacher that was worthy of respect and potentially maybe a prophet. That was about as much understanding as he knew of Jesus at the time, at least as much as we could tell. 
But in that moment, he had enough respect and enough honor there to go, okay, but because you said so, my answer is yes. In spite of what my education and my background tell me. And it was because of that moment, it was because he said yes, that it ushered him into a deeper place of trust. And that's a word for us too. That the Lord, some, that in order for us to connect in with what God's doing uh, in us and through us, it demands us to go into deeper places of trust. There's things right now, even as I say that, that maybe you're coming to mind that you're thinking to yourself, yeah, there's this place of tension that I sense, that I feel. It's usually in those places of tension, that's exactly where God wants to show up. That's exactly where he wants to show up. And he's taking us into these deeper places of trust. And then finally, the third way that Jesus is calling us to respond is he's calling us to respond to his partner, his, his call to partner with him. Respond to his call to partner with him in what he's doing in the nations. So there, when they, when they take him out into deeper waters and he says, he says, I'll trust you, I'll go out even though this doesn't make sense, then he saw God move. Did you know that it's when we get out on the edge of our faith that that's when we see God move. If you're wondering to yourself, I've not seen God move in my life in a while, what was the last thing God said to you? That might be the place where he's calling you to step out on the edge of our faith because that's where he meets us. And so then in that moment, he, they haul in this huge pile of fish, which again, we're, this is a financial provision. For us, we're like, fish, great, we go out and fish for fun. No, this was finances, this was money, this was, and it was fish that dropped Peter to his knees. It was fish that dropped him to his knees and he went, wow, who are you? Get away from me. And it was a revival moment in his heart. He repented and, in he, and, in, and then Jesus in his kindness and in his love, again, unaffected by the mess of Peter, said, I'm gonna make you a fisher of people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna, I'm calling you to more purpose and destiny than you could ever imagine. So much of our childhood dreams, this is even better. Even before we were affected by all the problems of adulthood that we think about, when we were little kids, what did we dream about? I'm calling you to even more. And in fact, he said, I'm calling you, I love that he said fishers of men. He talked about his vocation. He said, I'm gonna, I'm mobilizing you inside of your vocation. I'm mobilizing you to be a kingdom-minded person, to bring the kingdom of God. And here's the final thing, and we'll wrap this up, that he is, he said, fishers of people, and it's because that's who God's heart is for. His heart is for people. His heart is for people of all nations. So this is who we serve. This is the God who's called us out. And this is what we're jumping into, the story that we're jumping into. And so I wanna call us to respond. So if you guys would just stand up, we're gonna respond to the Lord here. Ministry team and worship team, if you guys would come on up. Yeah, and as we said already, you know, this is, 
The, this is who we are. We are the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God. And that good news that he's not just left us alone, but that he's called us out and he, he's gotten into our boats. He's taken us to deeper places of trust and he's called us out. And so, you know, this morning, there's a lot of practical ways that we could talk about responding. Things like we wanna pray for the nations. We wanna give to the nations. We wanna go to the nations. And that's, we wanna connect you with those types of things. That's what, that's what that mission interest form will help you with. But let's go even deeper to the heart level of what God's calling us to this morning. So let's just pause here. Let's just, Holy Spirit, would you come? Just close your eyes. Spirit of God, would you just speak right now? We need you. We trust you. We thank you, Jesus, that you're still getting into our boats, that you're still calling us out into deeper waters, into deeper places of trust, and that you're still placing identity and purpose and calling on us and connecting us in to partner with you in what you're doing. God, thank you. Father, would you help us to respond to what you're saying this morning. So church, there's a couple of ways that I see us responding. And the first thing is if you have not ever let Jesus get into your boat, or maybe you've kept him out at a distance, then today's the day to let him come on in. So there's, you know, you might be afraid. You might've been afraid that it's been too messy in your life. It's been too sinful, been too whatever. Just today's the day. Let him come in, let him come in. And if that's you, we wanna call you to respond. Perhaps you know that there's places of deeper trust that he's calling you to, and you feel that heartbeat, you're, you're, you see that place of tension, and he's calling you to take, that, to take that step of faith. Today's the day, get somebody to come around you and pray with you for grace and for courage to walk that out, to walk out the next thing that he's called you to do. And finally, you might be hearing his call to partner with him in what he's doing. Maybe for the first time, maybe you're hearing it uh, specifically about a nation. Maybe there's a nation that God's put on your heart and you don't know why. You just need to understand more about, you need somebody to come alongside and pray with you about that place. Maybe there's some other type of step of faith that he's calling you to a way to partner together with him in what he's doing. We wanna get an opportunity to pray with you. We want everybody that wants prayer this morning to have that opportunity. So whether it's one of these things I mentioned or anything else, please come on forward. Today's the day, we wanna be the church. So Jesus, would you come right now? Would you move in us? We pray, Lord, that we would be a courageous people who respond to you and what you're doing right now. Lord, let you in our boat. Take, you out, take us out into deeper places of trust and partner together with you in what you're doing. God, would you do it right now in the name of Jesus? So come on, church, let's respond to what he's doing this morning. Come on and get some prayer.